Hey, welcome to the New Life Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us. New Life is one family, many churches, and we're located in Brisbane, Coolangatta, Moreton Bay, and Rabina. And we exist to simply see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. I'm excited you're joining us because we are in our vision series. And at New Life, Vision Sunday is not about what we're launching, but rather being reminded of who Jesus has called us to be. Over the next two weeks, we will look at what we believe are four key discipleship priorities that are central to what it means to see more people more like Jesus. When this happens, we believe God will usher in renewal in Australia as we outwork his plan and heart for our church. Welcome to Vision Sunday and enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, church. I hope everyone's good this morning. If I've not met you, my name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here at New Life Coolangatta, and welcome to our second part of Vision Sunday. So we started this last week where we looked at gather and glue, and this week we're actually going to look at grow and go, because we believe as disciples of Jesus, if we have a church full of disciples, full of people who are going after Christ, then we will see transformation not only in our own worlds, but in the worlds that we actually live in. And so we believe there are four things as a church we, the church, can do. We can gather the lost. We can glue people into community. We can grow as disciples of Jesus, and we can all go on mission. And our mission statement is, New Life exists to see more people more like Jesus by planting and leading thriving local churches. And so if you missed last week, you can go to our YouTube channel or to our Spotify and you can watch those sermons that David and I preached. But this week we're looking at grow and go. And the scripture for grow is that Matthew 28 that Mike spoke about on the video. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Before I get into the message, I'd love to pray. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, God, for for your word, Lord, for your word is truth. We thank you for the power that we find in your word. We thank you for the witness it is to who Jesus Christ is. And Lord, I pray that through this message today, you would help me preach this message with truth, with grace, and with love that in the end, Lord, they wouldn't look to me, that only look to you, the one who brings life and life in all its fullness. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. So when I first got saved many, many, many years ago, the first thing that I really got convicted by the Holy Spirit about my sin was, was swearing. Now, many of you know I used to work on the wharves as a crane driver, and, and their language is just swearing every second word, right? It's just the way that they spoke. And that was how I spoke. But then I got saved and I got convicted of how I speak. That as I speak to people, I'm representing Christ. I'm representing Jesus to them. And so from the very beginning, it was something I was trying to squash. I was trying not to swear anymore. And it it can be difficult, right? Because it's the way you speak. So they go, what did you do on the weekend? Oh, I went surfing and it was awesome. Felt like I didn't have the punch that I used to have, right? But I had to learn a different way to speak. But here the problem was that every now and again, one word would slip out. Whether I was angry or frustrated, a swear word would slip out. out. And it used to annoy the life out of me because I didn't want it to. 
I really wanted to not swear anymore. I remember driving home from work one day, just complaining to God, just going, God, why don't you fix this? Why don't you just click your fingers? You can do it. Just stop me swearing. Why can't you step in right now? And I remember the Holy Spirit just speaking to me quietly and saying, asking me the question, Scott, are you in or not? Are you committed to this discipleship? Are you committed to putting away sin or not? And I felt in my heart God was challenging me to turn from sin, to actually take on this journey of discipleship. And I remember just praying and just breaking down in tears going, God, if I struggle this with my whole life, I will fight against this because you're worthy of the fight. Because of what you did for me, Jesus, on the cross, I will fight sin the rest of my life for you. You see, to grow as a Christian, we need to make a decision to truly follow Jesus and actually turn from sin. In Luke 9, Jesus speaks about this. He said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. He says, anyone who wants to be his disciple, he says, must deny themselves. That's making a personal decision, a decision to turn away from sin. He says, taking up your cross. What does take up your cross mean? Well, a cross is suffering, right? A cross is hard. It's not fun. It's by taking up the cross and putting to death our old ways, putting to death our old sin, putting to death the old man. But he says, take up your cross daily. We see here from Jesus that this is something we need to step into daily. And he says, now come follow me, grow into the likeness of me. And that's what I want to teach you all today. To grow as disciples, it's a lifelong journey that isn't easy, but it's necessary. But to grow as Christians, to be a true disciple, we need to know who our teacher is, right? And Jesus actually tells us right at the beginning in verse 18. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Do we hear that? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. He is the ultimate authority over all things. I don't know if we understand the significance of this statement. Jesus is claiming to be the almighty God that he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And if you're going to submit to anyone or anything, you better submit to the one who has all authority in heaven and earth, right? Because we submit to the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And he is over all things, and that includes you and me. And as a pastor, I'm actually called to point you to the Lord Jesus Christ, not me, that you would submit to him in all your ways. And Jesus, who is above all things, that carries all authority in heaven and earth, He gives the disciples a straight-up command here in Matthew 28. He says, Therefore, because I have authority, because I'm the King of kings, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You see, often in the Western church, we think Jesus said, Go and make believers. Just as long as people put their faith in Jesus, as long as they put their hand up at the salvation call, then we're done, right? Our job's done. They're in heaven. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, go and make disciples, people who actually follow me. You see, believing is the beginning. It's not the end. Because after believing, you are now a new creation. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. You've been given a new heart, a new spirit. You've been given a new life. You see, being saved is just the beginning of becoming a disciple, growing in character, growing in righteousness, growing in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Timothy Keller says, discipleship is not an option. 
Jesus says, anyone would come after me, he must follow me. You see, discipleship for a believer, it's not an option. It's not like, oh, I'll decide if I'm going to be a disciple or not. That's what happens when you put your faith in him. So the question is, if we're commanded to be disciples and go and make disciples, what is a disciple then? Well, the Greek word used for the disciple in the New Testament is mathetes, which means apprentice or a student or a pupil or a learner or a follower. One who comes under the authority and teaching of another. You see, now Jesus and the disciples, they were Jewish, right? And their understanding of that time, by definition, was a follower. One who totally submits to the rabbi's teaching and his authority in all areas of their life. It's this total submission and willingness to throw away all preconceived ideas and accept the truth taught to them by their teacher, no matter what that meant for their lives. And the Jewish disciples' desire was to become like the teacher. So Jesus called the disciples to follow him, and he commands them to make disciples. This is what they were thinking in their head when he was asking them that. Total submission to follow Jesus in all ways of life and actually become like him. Is that your understanding of discipleship? And now that we know and understand what discipleship means, total submission and dedication to become like the teacher, are you a true disciple of Jesus? Would you say this is how you see your spiritual growth and journey, this total submission to Jesus, his words, his ways, his works and his commands? You see, Christian discipleship is this process by which disciples grow and become more and more Christ-like. Jesus speaks about this in Matthew 10. He says, A student is not above the teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for students to be like their teachers and servants like their masters. I love these two different views he gives us. He has a student and a teacher, and he has a servant and a master. You see, this is how we're meant to come. This is the posture we should have when we come to Jesus as a disciple. We come learning, right, as a student. We're learning from him, but also recognizing that he is our master, that he is the Lord of Lords, that we come under his lordship. And in the end, he commands us that to become like him is the whole soul purpose of discipleship. And that's why our mission statement at New Life is more people, more like Jesus. Billy Graham says, to be a disciple is to be committed to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and committed to following him every day. To be a disciple is also to be disciplined in our bodies, minds, and soul. You see, it's this submission of all of our lives. It's not about what I think or what I think should happen, but about what Jesus commands. And this is what Jesus commanded the disciples in Matthew 28. He said, go and make disciples. He says, make more followers, more students, more servants of Jesus. So the question is then, how do we make disciples? Well, Jesus is very smart. So he tells us in verse 20. He says, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. He says to the disciples, go and teach. Go and teach them all that I've commanded you. Everything. Not just some things, not the select things that they want to hear, but teach them everything that I've commanded you. Even the command to go and make more disciples. Do we realize that? That that command for the disciples there is the command to us. And do we know that obedience is the key to all this? Obedience is the key to discipleship. And to obey actually means to live it out. It's not enough to just know about Jesus and his commands. Christians have to, have to live this out. We have to mature in our faith. That is true obedience to Christ. There's a big difference between someone who just professes faith and someone who lives out their faith. Amen? 
First, we need to obey ourselves, and then we need to teach others to obey God. That's how you make disciples. It's not that hard. People go, how do I disciple someone? I'm like, point them to Jesus. Get God's word out. Call them to obedience to him. Discipleship isn't that hard. But here's the scary truth. We're all discipling people. Did you know that? You disciple someone every single day. When someone knows that you are a Christian, they are watching how you live. They are listening to what you say. And they are looking at, the God, at God, at Jesus Christ, through the lens of how you actually react and how you live your life. You're teaching them who God is by the way you live. So do you know we're all discipling someone? 1 Corinthians 11, Paul says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So my question is to us today, what examples are you teaching with your life to those people around you about who God is? We're to teach people to follow Jesus, to be obedient to him. It's not that complicated. And the marker of a true disciple is obedience. Therefore, are you growing in obedience to Jesus? You see, if we're truly saved, if we truly love God, we will desire to obey him. It's just a simple fact. Jesus even says this in John 14. He says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. He says, if you love me, you will obey me. He doesn't say, if you love me, you must obey me. Here are the rules. He says, if you love me, this will be a natural outworking. It'll be part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit that's bearing in your life that you will desire from your heart to obey me, to follow me. You see, Jesus is talking about this is actually a heart issue. Do we genuinely love Jesus? And he says, let me tell you, those that don't love me, those that actually disobey my teaching, those that don't want to know about it, so we have to ask our questions, do we really love Jesus as, we show, as Jesus shows us here in the Bible? Because if we really love him, we'll desire to grow more like him. There's a huge difference between someone who's following Jesus, that has this desire to follow Jesus. They're not perfect, we all sin. But they have this desire in their heart out of love for Jesus to follow him compared to someone who's like, I don't care what the Bible says, I don't care what Jesus says, I'm just going to go and do my own thing. Because one is a true disciple and one isn't. And here in Matthew 7, Jesus gives us a heavy warning about this truth. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. When he says on that day, he's talking about the day of judgment. There's going to be a day of judgment where all people are risen from the dead and they're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And on that day, Jesus is going to separate true Christians from the rest of the world. And he's going to say to those ones that don't have him, that don't have righteousness through Christ, that don't have forgiveness of sin, he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. But the crazy thing is, there's people here that say, Lord, Lord. There are people that profess to be no God, profess to be a Christian, but they never really believed. And he says, what is the marker of those ones who didn't believe? How do we know who are the ones that really follow Jesus? He says, it's through lawlessness, right? It's right there. He says, depart me, you who practice lawlessness, disobedience to his teaching. Again, all these examples I've given you, they're all Jesus' words. And he says, go and make disciples, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, including these verses. 
And we're also commanded to preach the gospel, right? That all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one of us, not, not a single one of us can stand before a holy and righteous God because of the sin that we carry. And there's nothing that we can do about that. But God loved us so much that he came in the form of Jesus Christ. He came in the flesh. It's the incarnation of Christ that he would come to this earth and live that perfect life that we couldn't live and go to the cross and receive all the sin across the whole world. You see, when we stand before a holy and righteous God, there's only one person that can forgive us, and that's God himself. So Jesus says, I'll come. I'll pay the debt. And when I die, I'll bury it in the grave. When I raise again, that'll be proof that the debt has been paid that all people have life in him. And so when we repent of our sin and we put our faith and trust in Christ, we are forgiven, right? This is salvation, it's forgiveness of sins, it's eternal life. But that's only half the story. Because when we repent of our sin and put our faith and trust in Christ, we now come under the lordship of Jesus and we're committing to discipleship to God. That's a commitment to full submission, to become more and more like him with our entire lives. So, We're disciples and we're commanded to make disciples. But Jesus makes a beautiful promise in the end. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is how we submit our whole lives to Jesus. This is how we submit our lives to making disciples. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit. He says, I will be with you throughout this life, even to the end of the age. I'm going to send you the help of the Holy Spirit. My life changed from what I was before I got saved to where I am now. It's not because of my hard work. It's not because I'm awesome. It's because of the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's yielding to Him. It's yielding to God's Word. It's all His grace. I can take no credit for it. It's God's grace in my life. And you know what? I'm not standing up here going, look at me like Paul is. Imitate me like I imitate Christ. I'm not there yet. I'm not even close. I'm not even close to looking like Jesus, who was perfect love, but I desire to be continued to be formed and transformed into his likeness through obedience, through God's word, through Jesus' teaching, and through the conviction and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I'm committed to growth and transformation. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, And we all, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You see, growing as disciples isn't a program. It's not a single event. It's a way of life. It's a whole lifetime. Eugene Peterson says, Christian discipleship is a decision to walk in His way steadily and firmly, is the way of life that we are created for. You see, if you make the decision to follow Jesus, you'll find purpose, you'll find meaning, you'll find life. You'll actually find life in the full. But church, we need to make a decision to take discipleship seriously, to grow in faith. Look at a plant. How does the plant grow? It needs input, right? It needs water, it needs sunlight. If it's absence of these, it just dies. So my question is, in your spiritual walk, how are you being nourished? How are you becoming more like Christ? Are you feeding on his word? Are you being discipled? So these are the questions that I want to ask you. What are you doing to grow this year? What spiritual disciplines have you got in your life? What time, what energy, what resources are you putting into that? Who is discipling you? Who's encouraging you to become more like Jesus? Are you allowing God's word to disciple you? Allowing his Holy Spirit to convict you? Are you allowing a brother and sister in Christ to encourage you more into the likeness of Christ? And who are you discipling? Recognize that we all are discipling someone. 
Whoever's in our vicinity that doesn't know God, they're looking at us and want to know what God's like through their way that we act. And what are you actively doing to become more like Jesus? In a moment after I pray, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take those cards and I want you to write down what you're committing to this year to become more like Jesus, to grow in your faith. Because I believe, I believe that each and every one of us grow more like Christ this year. God will do far beyond what we could ever imagine or dream in this church and in our community. Amen? So would you join me in prayer? Father God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your grace. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in this moment. Will you bring a conviction to our heart? But also give us the power, Lord, to walk in your ways, to follow you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, as we spend time with you. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the New Life Podcast. If that stirred something within you and you'd like prayer or maybe you'd like to join us in the mission of seeing more people more like Jesus, you can contact us through our website, church.nu, or you can reach out through our Instagram or Facebook pages. We pray that you have a great week. Be blessed.